Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Happy Art Jamie Ivy. It's Friday. I hope whatever your Friday entails that you like what you're doing. I actually, as you're listening to this, maybe if you're listening on Friday, I'm driving up to Dallas with my boys to go to the Texas OU football game that is tomorrow. I've never been to the Texas State Fair. I've lived in Texas all of my life except for five years that I lived in the great state of Tennessee and I've never been to the fair. So we are going to the Texas State Fair and I'm so excited and we're going to the Texas OU game which hook them horns let's go we got this uh so i hope you have a great friday because we've had a great week of shows shannon martin was here on wednesday and i'm following up shannon with manda carpenter and manda and shannon know each other so this is even more fun but manda came to austin and we sat and had a really great conversation that you're about to sit in and listen to and manda has a book that came out a couple of months ago called soul care to save your life and This book is all about how radical honesty leads to real healing. And I want to say ahead of time that this conversation was real and honest and vulnerable. Amanda talks in her book openly about how infidelity really could have stolen her marriage from her. But instead, that real honesty led to radical healing with her and her husband, Eric. Amanda had an affair early in their marriage, and we talk about that today. I want you to know if you're thinking, this show might not be for me. I haven't experienced this. I haven't walked through this. I say a lot of times when I'm talking to Amanda that this kind of honesty and these emotions and these events that she went through, like these are all of us. All of us can insert ourselves and our stories into her story in a different way. I think that's what's beautiful about what happens when we share our story is it might be different than what someone else is going through, but there's still a lot of common things between us as humans. There is vulnerability. There is fear. There is embarrassment. There's humility. All of those things we can all relate to. I want to give you a heads up if you're listening that it is not a major part of this show by any means, but Manda and I do discuss suicide for a very small moment. And so if that is a trigger for you, I want to give you all the permission in the world not to listen. I want you to know that this show is special for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, she's awesome and she's a beautiful soul and I'm so glad I got to meet her and I hope you guys pick up her book. It's really, really great. It, it reads memoir-esque, which I love, Soul Care to Save Your Life. We'll put a link to that book in the show notes. But as Manda and I were talking, we got to the end of our conversation and I did something that if you've been listening for a long time, you know this is not a common practice for me. Um, I love Jesus and I love praying, but I don't often pray on this show. And I just really felt compelled to ask Amanda to pray for you, for you as the listener, that whatever you might be walking through, um, I wanted her to pray for you. So at the end, she has a very sweet prayer that is specifically for you as you listen right now. You guys, I hope you enjoy this show. In fact, I know you're going to enjoy this show. I'm really grateful for Amanda's uh, transparency and honesty and vulnerability in her book and in our conversation today. Here is my conversation with Amanda Carpenter. Amanda, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here. Well, is are you excited to be in Austin? Are you someone who's like, have you been to Austin before? I have, what and for? I love Austin. What have yeah. you been for? I was here to speak at a conference in 2019, right? Actually, it was like shortly before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. It's where I met Morgan Harper Nichols, who wrote the foreword of my book. So all these like... And she mentioned that conference at the Forward. Is yes. that the one she's talking yes, about? That's yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So that's the only other time I've been here. What conference was it? I'm just curious. The Bud Conference? Two, two girls put it on. Um, it was really cool, really special. It was one of my first speaking engagements. Uh, yeah. You always remember those. Like, yes. you know how your phone tells you it'll pop up a picture and it tells you like a memory? Yes. Well, uh, one just popped up the other day and one of my first speaking engagements, it was not the first, but it was up there really high. 
I had brought my best friend Amy along with me and um, I sent her the picture and we've grown a lot and changed a lot in those years. Uh, but it like was special in my heart. Yeah, it's super nostalgic. I brought my mom and my mother-in-law with me to oh, my- You have a that. great relationship with your mother-in-law then. I do. Good for We're you. We're really close. That's yeah. awesome. And it's especially interesting knowing what you know from yeah. reading my book um, in our story that we are as close as we are. I love that. Yeah, it's extra special. Did y'all all share one room? We did. Look at y'all. We all stayed in the hotel together. My mom, my mother-in-law, and I. And after I had my son, they both stayed in my home with me for two weeks to help me. This is like, like, that was a welcomed thing for me. I know for a lot of people, they'd be like, no way. That's too much. I loved it. Okay. I have a couple questions before we get to the real conversation now that you've said this. Cool. Have you uh, initiated that more or has your mother-in-law initiated that more? I am nowhere close to this, but my kids are like almost 19. And so we're, you know, in the next five, six, 10 years, it could be a possibility. Isn't that crazy? It's, I can't even, it's the dumbest thing, but. To answer your question, I think that it's been mutual. My mother-in-law, so she has four boys. My husband's one of four boys. And she always wanted girls. And she couldn't wait. And um, all all of her boys are married to women and now have children. And she's just loves us. I mean, she treats us like we're truly her daughters, not daughter-in-laws. And then I would also say, like, that's my personality is to be really intentional. And even though I have such a wonderful, loving mom, those two things don't have to be intention. I can have this bonus mom who I love dearly, I have a great relationship with. And that relationship serves me and I think her differently than a traditional mother-daughter relationship. So yeah, probably both. I think it takes, we're not going to talk about in all of relationships (laughs) this whole time, but you got me thinking. And I think it takes like confidence and security on everyone's part. Yes. From your mom to you, to your mother-in-law, to your husband, to everything to be involved. So yeah, congrats to you for sharing a hotel room with your mom and mother-in-law. Thank you. There you go. Okay. Well, I am super glad that you're here in Austin and um, it's a joy to talk to you. I have had a copy of your book, Soul Care to Save Your Life. Uh, here for a while and it came out a couple months ago so congrats on that thank you and I really appreciate it because you didn't hold back in your book no I did not is that a good way to say it (laughs) that's a great way to say it I didn't follow the typical Christian formula for how to write a book that is going to make everyone happy and please everyone and sell it it was just like I'm going to tell the truth it might make a few people mad but I'm not going to hold anything back so Thank you well, for you acknowledging know, I'm a, that. I'm a fan of that, you know, <laughs> and I think that, you know, bringing things into the light is a way. And that's not ever, I say to people all the time, it is not everyone's job to write a book. Correct. But it is everyone's job to be vulnerable with the people that love you and care for you. And then sometimes God gives you and me and other people unique opportunities and unique gifts to be able to take that publicly. So I'm a big believer in like our stories matter. They deserve to be shared. I know you are too, just from reading your book. Absolutely. But I always preface it like you don't have to do what we do. Correct. Just have community with somebody that knows your business. Yes. Okay, so I want to, you said you're an open book and I and I wanna talk about this. A lot of what you started your book with and what you talked about throughout your book was you had infidelity in your marriage. Yes. And so you walk through uh, what that journey was like. You walk through uh, the hardship that came from it. But I, what I want to spend a little bit of time on is the time between the infidelity and the sharing with your husband. Yeah. Okay, so that's where I want to go because the way you wrote about that in your book, I think so many people live there. Yeah. And it might not be infidelity, but it fill in the blank. And so give us a little backstory and then let's, I want to talk about that in between season. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're bringing that up. It was a horrible season. So a little bit of the backstory is I didn't wake up one day and say, I think today I'm going to have an affair or, you know, do no something. One does. No one wakes up and says, I want to ruin my life or exactly. I want to make a bad choice. Yeah. And so, uh, I think what had happened, and now it's so much clearer and easier to see, but at, in real time, it was not, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Self-awareness does a lot for us, and therapy is very helpful. So I was able to retrace my steps and recognize that what started as uh, a seemingly innocent relationship with someone quickly turned into an emotional affair. And again, at the time, I would not have told you, I'm having an emotional affair. Mm-hmm. I would have I I wasn't living so consciously and mindfully that the interactions between this person and myself, I didn't think they were inappropriate, which is really bizarre because when I look back, I'm like, but I was hiding a lot of it from my husband. So it Mm. absolutely was inappropriate. But I guess I I just want to point that out because it's there's more nuance to it. It's not Mm -hmm. black and white. It's not as clear as people, you know, want to make something such as infidelity out to be. Yeah. 
And so the minute that things turned physical, one and one and only time, it was like someone flipped a light switch. Mm. And suddenly I was just like, how did I get here? Yeah. What the heck am I doing? Yeah. And I immediately cut off the relationship. I felt horrible. I was so sad and sorry that this thing happened. But immediately, because I felt so ashamed, I hid. Yeah. So I kept this secret. Mm. Um, I told myself, you know, I cut off the relationship. I'm never going to do that again. It's only going to hurt my husband if he finds out, right? Like, my mind justified yeah. and tried to tell protect me that- yourself in a way and protect yeah, him, your husband. Totally, which I know sounds crazy, but I just, again, a lot of people hear, oh, if you cheated on your spouse, then you must not have wanted to be with them. Mm. But that actually wasn't true for me. I never didn't want to be with my husband. Again, there's more layers to my story, which I totally go into in my book with my childhood and trauma. And again, I don't say those things or tell those things in the book to justify what happened. But I think that context matters. Yeah, and if we pretend or think that our past doesn't inform our present, then I mean, we are greatly mistaken. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, to kind of focus in on that space between it happening and me actually telling my husband a lot happened. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So obviously, like I said, I cut things off. I was felt horrible. And I I justified this secret, but also I was so ashamed. And then the more time that went on the harder it was for me to have the courage to come mm. forward. It was almost like it got like heavier yeah. and more weighty. And it was like, I don't know, I would think that there were going to be more consequences because now I haven't said anything. And so day after day would go by. And I'm telling you, there wasn't a single day that I didn't have it on my conscience, mm. that I wasn't feeling guilty. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.
And can you tell everyone where you were working at the time? Yeah, so I actually started working at Soul City Church in Chicago, which if you know Soul City and the Stevens and like that church, it's amazing. And so I wasn't, according to, you know, people who want to think about living in sin, I wasn't continuing anything, but I had ended up taking a job at a church. And again, it felt for me internally like I'm turning a page. I'm not going to be that person. I'm never going to do that again. But especially when you're working in a church and you're held accountable Mm -hmm. and um, that church in particular, I thought, did a really great job of constantly having conversations about our responsibility and taking care of ourselves and doing our inner work. And so it was almost inescapable. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely believe that God put me at that church for a reason, because little backstory, in a sense, I was recruited for that church. So uh, someone had reached out to me on staff and basically said, hey, would you have coffee? We think you'd be a great fit for this position. I never was like interested. I never wanted to work at a church. But that them reaching out and bringing me on staff, what they didn't know is it pulled me even further apart from the person mm. that had uh, b- that had been part of this infidelity. Yeah. So it was such a gift. Again, mm. I wish looking back that I had just come forward right away to my husband. Um, but I can see clearly why I didn't. Yeah. Just to go into a little more detail of what that was like, I grew extremely depressed. Um, there is definitely such thing as clinical depression. And when our chemicals are not balanced and things like that, this was different. Like situational. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the therapist diagnosed me with was situational depression, except for get this, Jamie. I didn't tell even the therapist about the situation initially. So So you're going in to get counseling. uh You're really struggling. Is your husband aware that you're struggling? He's aware that I'm struggling. Yes. And you're admitting that you're struggling. Yep. But you're not saying anything. I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to tell anyone. I think like I definitely all of us. If you're listening, you think I don't relate to this. Just take a minute. Pause. (laughs) I have never had an affair and I can relate to this 100% because we kind of take these things, these sins, these habits, these Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big, yeah. and think it's just better if no one knows. Yeah. That is so Satan. Yeah. He is like trapping you in your own guilt and shame. Totally. Okay, so you go to the counselor and you don't even tell them. Initially, correct. Yeah. And, um, but I was diagnosed with situational depression. I mean, she called it out. She said, I think something happened that you're not willing to talk about. Um, Did you feel like, holy crap, she's reading my mail? Yeah. Yeah. And and again, for what it's worth, I'm in Enneagram 8. Vulnerability scares me, which is interesting that I wrote one of the most vulnerable <laughs> yeah, books, I is. think. Yeah. But um, that's been part You've of my of work, healing too. journey, yep. yes, yep. to get to health. Mm-hmm. But I, I started to believe, and I get really tender talking about this, so I apologize in advance if I cry. I started to believe- Tears are welcome here. Thank you. Yes. I started to believe the lies. Like you, you mentioned earlier, like the enemy was saying- You've screwed up so bad. There is no way out of this. You're better off dead. Mm. There's no reason for you to stay here. Which day after day when things are dark and this is weighing on you and you feel like a fraud. Because even though I wasn't continuing to do anything, it was looming Mm -hmm. in the background. It's the shadow that followed me everywhere. And when people would compliment me, let's say someone said, oh my gosh, you're such a great wife. Or, oh, Mm. you're such a great friend. Or... I mean, even on staff at Soul City, like you're killing it in your role or whatever. I couldn't accept it. Yeah. I've realized that I was so insecure. Mm. And um, I think that a prerequisite for security is integrity. And I wasn't living with full integrity because I was harboring this secret that Mm. was eating me alive. So eventually things got so dark that um, I did form a plan to end my life. And I thought, this will be better. I will just not be here anymore. I'll die with a good legacy. Like, no one will know this, like, icky, awful thing in my past. I'll just be remembered for the good that I did and, like, what people do love about me. Mm. And I just didn't think I was worthy of anything else. I really thought that infidelity was the unforgivable sin. And I also just thought that would never be me. Mm. I never planned to do that. Um, and so again, it was one of those, how, how is this my life? Mm. And how do I get out of it? And the enemy's voice was really loud and telling me that was the way out. Wow. Thankfully, because I was working at Soul City Church, I uh, became friends with someone else who was on staff at the time named Ro- Rocio. She um, was actually Jeannie and Jared's assistant. 
And she became my mentor. Mm. And I tell this story in like the first couple of chapters. But she was truly like one of the people that God used to to keep me here. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about this if it weren't for her. And so through our mentorship, which neither of us knew exactly where God was leading, but there was a subconscious undercurrent where God was working and the Holy Spirit was using her. I eventually actually confessed it to her. There was a day, a moment, I'll never forget. I think it was a Tuesday afternoon. I texted her. I was like, I need to meet you now, like now, now. And she met me. And I just, uh, after making a thousand disclaimers, I finally said it, got it off my chest. And I immediately felt lighter. Mm. I will say that. Like immediately it was like, I can breathe again, like oxygen in my lungs. And her reaction was so beautiful. She didn't make any promises that would have been really irresponsible. Like she never said, oh, everything's going to be fine. There's not going to be any consequences. Mm -hmm. But she just stayed with me Mm -hmm. and she held space for me. And she didn't look at me like, I was this, you know, horrible person. Um, She didn't even seem shocked, Mm. which I thought was really beautiful. It showed me that she didn't hold me on this pedestal that I thought that I was being, Mm -hmm. you know, put on by everyone around me that I was actually putting myself on. Um, And so there wasn't this huge like disappointment. It was like, you're human. Mm. We all make mistakes. This sucks, Mm -hmm. but we're going to get through it. Yeah. And so after she made sure that I was no longer going to act on a plan Mm -hmm. to end my life, she said, I'd really like to help you tell Eric and let's kind of talk through that. And so we had a conversation and I kid you not, uh, from leaving her to telling my husband was about a 15 minute drive from the church to my apartment. I walked in the door. I'm teary. My armpits are sweaty. You know, I'm just like, he's like, what's going on? Are you okay? Um, and then I just, I, I said it. Mm. I just let it all out. And um, that might have been more than you even bargained for. That's exactly for what I wanted because <laughs> I remember reading that and really relating to that inner part of that in between. And I think, so, like I already said, so many people have something that they're like, I've never told anyone. Or if I told someone, what would they think about me? And there's this thing that I kind of called like sin shock and you just said Mm -hmm. that she didn't seem shocked by it. And I think as believers, we need to, obviously we hate people's sin. Like, you know, we hate what sin has done to the world. We hate the way Satan tries to kill, steal and destroy what we have. But there is also this like reality that like we're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. There's no like some people are on yachts and some people like we're all in the same like little dingy boat in the ocean trying to make it. And so I love the way that your friend handled that situation. Yeah. I mean, amazing. Yeah. So I want to really speak to your healing after that. Yeah. You tell your husband, I'm sure it would maybe be one of the worst days of your life. I'm assuming. No idea. Probably top five, maybe. It was a weird day. His actual first words were, but I still love you. That's the first thing he said. Very first thing he said. It was almost like a question. Like he he was definitely shocked. He was blindsided by it. He did not see it coming. Because like you said, it wasn't like you guys were in this terrible marriage. It wasn't like you wanted out all the things, which I think is important for people to hear as well, because people think. I would never do this, like this, all these things. And in a minute, we're. I want to talk to you about like looking back. What are some yes. ways as women uh, that we can have phenomenal brother-sister relationships in the church? This is such a nuanced conversation, but I want to have yes. it. Yes. Um, because you said there are things I could have done differently. So I want to talk about that later. But it's also important. You and Eric were just like living your life. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So those were the first words out of his mouth. But I also don't want to over romanticize it. Yes, it was followed with swearing and yelling and anger and tears. And it was it was not good. So yes, I cried when I read in your book about how you saw him crumpled up and crying on the couch. Yeah, that made me cry. And I wasn't even there. And we just met for the first time. I know. But I could feel that sense of just devastation and i think it's also i so appreciate you writing about this and not over romanticizing that there is so much freedom in confession and it doesn't take away some of the pain and consequences totally yeah we're not promised a happy ending but i believe we are promised a life worth living Mm. that on the other side of confession there is freedom there is hope there is healing and it won't feel good all the time uh just like when you go to therapy you do it because it's good for you, but it doesn't always feel good yeah. in, at the time. Um, and so, 
Yeah, the the healing journey from there, I think one of the greatest things that we did, and, and I credit my husband for this, is we didn't run and like go tell everybody, mm-hmm. which is I think everyone, a lot of people's natural inclination. Yeah. Um, a lot of us are like, we feed off of drama and mm-hmm. it's, it's easy when you're hurt to just want to tell someone. Yeah. And it's not that we kept it a secret at, from shame, but I think there was some wisdom in going straight to our counselor. I then told her everything. She agreed to see us together and continue to see me individually, which she normally doesn't do, but she had Eric sign a form because I was like, I cannot start over with someone new. Yeah. Like, let's just dive into this. Yeah. So um, we began to have this rhythm where I was seeing her individually. We were seeing her together and it was so helpful. Right from the gate, right from the get-go, she said, you know, Eric, do you want to work through this with Manda? Uh, obviously, she's remorseful and she's repentant and she wants to make it work, but this is your you choice. And he said, yes, absolutely. I just want to make sure that we get to the bottom of this. Like, again, he was so shocked. He's like, I want to make sure we get to whatever caused this so we can, you know, heal at the root. And it's not a recurring thing. Mm -hmm. And so he very much knew we needed to repair what we don't want to repeat. And she affirmed that. And I felt like that was a really great thing is that we had a therapist who not only was a Christian, but just really believed in reconciliation and repair, Mm -hmm. if at all possible. And so... She's the one who said, you know, you're going to tell some mentors, you're going to tell some pastors, you're going to talk through this with a few people. You need to have that accountability in your life. This cannot be a big secret. But maybe we don't tell mother-in-law and sister-in-law and a lot of family members who are going to have an emotional reaction. And she said, Eric, you're in a tender place right now. This is going to be a healing journey. It's not going to happen in one full sloop. It's not going to happen overnight. And so... We don't want your uh, choices to be a reflection of everybody else's opinions right. and their feelings. And yeah, he was in no position to hold space for other people yeah. who were hurt by my choice right. when he himself was hurting. Right. And so that was so helpful. From there, we we just kept going and kept doing the work. And I'm that might sound really like basic, but I don't know how else to put it, mm-hmm. is when I look back, I don't even have a ton of vivid memories on like our healing journey. Mm-hmm. It was just day by day choosing to look towards each other instead of walking away from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it was having a lot of patient conversations where, you know, he's upset again and here we are months after the fact and I'm thinking, are we still here? Like, mm-hmm. this has been so long now in yeah. my mind, mm-hmm. but having to be like, no, like, you hurt him and it's going to take a while to rebuild trust. Mm. And so me, you know, having to sit through that with him and, and really put him at ease and also make sure that I uh, told him everything. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most uh, effective ways that we were able to rebuild trust was we started asking each other some questions every week. So our therapist gave us three questions that we started asking each other every Sunday night. We still actually use these. We're not as good about doing it every Uh Sunday, but one of those questions is, is there anything weighing on your conscience that you need to tell me? Mm. And I love that question because if taken seriously and you're in a safe relationship or a, a safe marriage where there is grace there, it allows for confession before something big happens. That's good. It allows for confession in the small things. Mm. So for me, uh, there was a point where I said to Eric, you know, I want to confess that so-and-so, someone that we both know, was really complimentary of me and it it was making me feel really good and mm. I was really feeding off of that and it, yeah. it and I think I was starting to revert to some old habits mm-hmm. where I was relying on a male to affirm me yep. and fill a void from my childhood. Yeah. Which we knew was at the root right. of the infidelity. Mm-hmm. And by saying it out loud, whatever the thing is that's tempting us or that has a hold on us, it loses its power. Yeah. Like that, I, I seriously, I, I know it sounds maybe overly simplified, it's true, but it's so true. Yeah. And for Eric, he wouldn't mind if I share this. So I'll say it here. It, there have been times in our marriage where his answer to that question is, you know, an image caught my attention mm-hmm. online. And then I one picture led yeah. to kind of another picture and mm-hmm. led me down uh, a path where I was viewing some images I shouldn't have. Right. And we need to talk about yeah. this and yeah. probably get back into mm-hmm. uh, Karen's office. Karen was our yeah. therapist in Chicago. And so... I just love that it's a preventative and proactive way to get in a rhythm of confession. Um, It's been so helpful for us. 
You know, as you're saying that, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And I think, how long have you guys been married? Seven, just over seven years. And when did this first, when was that day you told him? How, how many years have y'all been married? Uh, so let's see. I told him at the end of our second year of marriage. Okay. So this happened really early in happened marriage. Happened very early in marriage. Okay. So you you told him after year two, this is year seven. Mm-hmm. So you've got five years here of like yeah. doing good hard work. Yeah. And I think that so many people are listening and they're like, that would be very uncomfortable if my husband told me that because mm. I don't want to know that. Yeah. And I think when I hear that, I understand it. I mean, it is hard to hear those things. It's hard to tell our spouses things. I have had to tell Aaron things that I wish I didn't have to tell him. Yeah. Um, but when we're in this like relationship where we know both, like I said already, both of us are the same. Like we both have things that we struggle with. Um, it helps the the trust and the understanding and all the things. Um, I, I wrote this in my book, If You Only Knew, and I know you've read it, but I'll say it here. Like it was really hard for me to tell my husband about things in my past. And he always, whenever I talk about it now, which I have no problem talking about it, he always is like, you were making such a bigger deal about it because I had my own stuff that mm-hmm. I hadn't told anyone with pornography and we just looked like we were we were doing things differently to fill holes in our heart. Yeah. And so I think that's so important that you and your husband got there together. And so I guess I'm saying this all to encourage the listener. Yeah. It is possible. Ignorance isn't bliss. It's not. I think that a lot of people live there. Mm-hmm. I think people that some people have been married for 40, 50 years. Um, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily the healthiest marriage. Right. So I don't necessarily always look at the time someone's been married mm-hmm. as an indication of a happy, healthy yeah. marriage. Um I, I think that ignorance is bliss until something happens. Until it's not. Until it's not. Yeah. Right? And and there will always come a point. Uh, it just depends when. Yeah. And for us, you know, the more we have opened up and been vulnerable with each other and allowed each other in at that level, I mean, that breeds intimacy. Mm. So I've seen so much growth. Uh, I had someone leave a really nasty comment on social media Those one time. Fun. They're so fun. Love that. When can we I, just stop real quick? Yeah. And can we just tell everyone, if you have something nasty to say, please just like think it in your head and delete it. Yeah. Guys, this is not, did you know this person? No. Of course not. No, never. Just do not be sending comments to strangers. It's so weird. It's so weird and rude. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks. Yeah. It's rude. Yeah. It's Don't be bizarre. rude, guys. Okay. Yeah. People are really brave behind a screen. Oh, it's the biggest bravery comes when oh. you don't look someone in the eye. Yeah. So someone left this really nasty comment and basically was just saying that, you know, oh, it's only a matter of time before it happens again. Like, there's no way to overcome infidelity and just, just very cynical and, yeah. you know, it's like leaving no room for nuance either Mm -hmm. in in any type of mistake that a person could make in their marriage. And I think what I've realized is that our marriage has never been better because of what we went through. Again, I don't wish that we had gone through it at all. I wished that, you know, if I could have a Mm do-over, I wish that I had been somehow aware of what was going on inside of me sooner and that I could have brought that forward to Eric because once we brought it into the light, maybe we could have just acknowledge that I had quote-unquote daddy issues Mm -hmm. that needed to be worked through in therapy without me having to have made that mistake but I did Uh, we can't change the past Mm -hmm. and so what I'm so thankful for is it's brought us so much closer and I would say we have a stronger marriage than some people have been married for so long because of what we've been through and our willingness to work through it Um, and I also like to tell people because I had some women who've said well, my husband did that, but like we didn't make it. And like, I just don't understand how you guys worked through it. There is, I mean, these things are so complex and so nuanced and there are no two marriages that are the same, no two stories of infidelity or any betrayal that are the same. So I can't give you a formula. Mm. I can kind of tell you what worked for us or some things that I think are really helpful, but there isn't a formula. It takes two willing people to put in the work yeah. and to keep doing it day after day for years yeah. on end. Yeah. I don't, there's no like magic formula. Right. I can't say in this one thing, this is how we healed. Yeah. It was a series of things yeah. and it continues to yeah. be. And I think what I'm learning, and I think you would agree with this just from the small time I've known you and reading your book, is that like so much of that work and healing in a marriage happens with that work and healing inside of our own selves. Totally. You know, and so like you think like, oh, they're the one that messed up. They need to do all this healing. And you look and you're like, oh, I have so much healing to do. Like my soul is, it's parched, it's dead. It has so many wounds that I haven't thought about. And so dealing with those inward things. Absolutely. um, Is so important. And I know you did that in your journey as well. 
yeah, both Eric and I now are big fans of individual therapy, ongoing mentorship, having accountability. Um, the healthier he is, the healthier we are. The mm-hmm. healthier I am, the healthier we are. Yeah. And so it's been really important that both of us are on that journey. And yeah. it's also just way more fun. That's awesome. <laughs> I like enjoy marriage a lot right? more. <laughs> it's great. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete. And getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Okay, I, I want to have this conversation with you because I've been wanting to have this and this is the perfect time to have this. There is a difficulty in talking about marriage and how to like what you can and can't do with the opposite sex. And I've been married for 21 years and I would say I have swung the pendulum mm-hmm. a million different ways of trying to figure this out. And so I don't know that either one of us are coming to the table with answers. I'm going to say I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, no, okay. I, I wouldn't say I have okay, answers. Okay, good. We don't have the answers. I'm not an expert. We're not experts. But I like to say we're not going to give you answers. We'll give you something to think about is what my friend Lisa says. And so how let's have a conversation you said looking back there were so many things that you could and would have done differently so what are some of those things and how can you and i and the people who are listening who are married or might be married one day really implement some practices that aren't legalistic that aren't put you in a box but are helpful yeah I love this because I, I too, have seen the pendulum swing from one extreme to another. I've worked at, you know, places where it's like two people of the opposite sex can't be in the same room with door closed. Oh, listen, (laughs) I remember the very first time I ever rode in an Uber was with another guy from from our church. And we happened to be at the same conference in another city. And I remember thinking, do I need to get another car? Like, and so I texted her. I mean, so I I remember years ago, I told someone that I didn't want that. I did not want them to send a man to pick me up. Mm. I do not hold those those tight anymore. Yeah. But I look back and I, I remember texting Aaron like, I'm getting in the car with John. I just want you to know. He's like, okay, okay. that's fine. <laughs> he literally was like, did you need something? I was yeah. like, I just need you to know I'm getting in the car with John, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I think that, so looking back, anything that we are keeping secret from our spouse that's a red flag. I think flag. that's a good red flag that's, right there. That's a good indication. If you feel the need to keep it secret, whether it's a shopping habit or a spending related habit, whether it's uh, something to do with really anything, mm-hmm. if it's something you're hiding from your spouse, that's one relationship where you shouldn't have secrets right. and things that are hidden. Um, and so I would just say that's an indication. Yeah. And for me, I think that at the time, again, I wasn't super conscious of what I was hiding. Mm. It's, again, it's really complicated. It's really complex. We would need seven hours. We would need a lot of time. And we would need to bring, who's your counselor? Becky, Kristen, Karen. We need to bring all them in as (laughs) well. So we understand that, listener. It's very nuanced. But But what I would say is, I love that you pointed this out. My husband to this day feels totally comfortable with me working with men, being around men. Like there, there's no yeah. weirdness there. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we believe that having really legalistic rules and and that's operating from a place of fear, mm-hmm. which is not healthy. not healthy. So if we set up a rule just because of fear, then 
that's probably it. And, and let's be honest, it's kind of like my toddler. If I tell my toddler not to do something, that's what you want to do. He's going to want to do it. Yeah. Like I say, don't touch the cookie. Uh-huh. What does he do? He touches the cookie. Yeah. And so we focus less on don't do this and just more on holistic ways of being mm-hmm. and of, of seeking health yeah. and being appropriate in relationships. If I ever feel like something's off in, a, in an interaction with another male, uh, again, I'm naming that specifically because it's specific to my shadow side sure. and my struggles yeah. and our history. Then one of the first things I do is I just inform Eric because mm-hmm. the transparency and not hiding anything it, it may be nothing, right? right? I may be reading into something, mm-hmm. but he he's aware that my uh, approaching him and telling him is simply like extending an olive branch to yeah. say like, hey, I don't want to repeat the past, so I want to go out of my way to be abundantly transparent. Yeah. It doesn't set off alarm bells for him. Mm-hmm. If anything, the more I'm doing that regularly, I think he would tell you the more he feels like he can trust yeah. me. Yeah, because he knows there's honesty and vulnerability yeah. and that you're even more aware of that you know like all the things and it's not even like you're saying i can't ever have a conversation with a man oh my gosh yeah so you have said specifically looking back and i don't need specifics at all yeah but what are some things that you would have done differently that you saw and again this is your specific story this is your specific struggle there are i love how you keep saying like spending or maybe it could be like pornography or gossiping or whatever it might be these are all things that we have to look at so for you specifically looking back if you say man these couple of things maybe could have prevented me from going this far what would they be yeah not justifying little things Mm -hmm. uh but actually recognizing that that they meant something so when this person got me a gift actually taking a moment to say what what was motivating them to get me a gift mm-hmm. a, a just because gift yeah that's, yeah, yeah. that's kind of bizarre right right like yeah. some random guy that you're friends with knows you're married uh he's not married mm-hmm. and he's giving you a gift yeah that's that's a red flag that's a little weird yeah yeah, yeah. and particularly a gift you're not related to him not related <laughs> right yeah. so like so i guess questioning motives yeah my motives and another yeah, person's yeah, yeah. motives mm-hmm. um noticing just being aware and paying attention to how good i felt Mm. around this person and that i was starting to get to a point where i was going out of my way to please that person again it's not my spouse so why am i going out of my way to please you why am i um getting a high off of your praise and your affirmation it's a little like self-awareness yes and, and being i would say even being honest about it completely because you can be self-aware and be like oh i really like it but where what is the honesty in that yes yeah. totally and that's what so much of the book focuses on that beginning is just being self-aware mm. uh knowing yourself knowing what's motivating you and why things uh cause a reaction inside yeah. of you and things like that so yeah it, it's a noticing it's not hiding i know i've said that several times but that's one of the biggest recurring things that i can think of is I kept little secrets and these little secrets seemed harmless, but they were causing havoc on my life uh, because I think it was Annie Downs who once said like the small yeses lead to the big yeses. Mm -hmm. And that was so true. Yeah. And everything in our life. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for you telling your story and I don't know if it's hard or not, but I am grateful for it. And I think that um, God uses so many things that we would have never thought he would be using to shout his his glory from the rooftop and i know that he's using your story not just that like your entire story like what you're doing now with your life and everything and so i'm super grateful i want to talk real quick about something that i found so interesting um, in your book and again you guys this is uh soul care to save your life by amanda carpenter uh came out in august so congratulations on that again thank you but you talk in here about something that you and your husband do and the, the chapter is titled the question you should be asking. Mm. And you talk about the fruit, like where's the fruit in something? And I think that is just the question, like where's the fruit from what's happening? You have um, that every year, you and your husband take time to evaluate and assess your lives, um, assess your lives under a microscope. Yep. You break down your lives by categories. Here they are, friendship, marriage, career, habits, and service to others. You discuss these things. Can you talk a little bit about why you do this and what the fruit that you've seen from it in your marriage. Yeah, yeah. I love that you brought this up because nobody else has brought this up, but it's like such a big deal and actually can change your life. So I love that we're talking about it. We started doing this because honestly, I think during my time at working at Soul City Church, I 
just grew so much. Uh, they they have such a culture of developing leaders and teaching you how to really move forward in your life. They have a saying on staff um, that goes, uh, stagnancy is the first sign of death. Mm. And I love that. Yeah. Like we're all dying, but like when we're stagnant, yeah. like we're really dying. And mm-hmm. so um, they they have just taught me so many ways to be intentional and to move forward in life and yeah, Eric and I believe in reflecting and obviously the end of the year going into yeah. the new year is always a great time to do that. You could really do this anytime though. Right. To be honest, I'm I'm a ref- I reflect all the time I journal yeah. daily. And so we use this assessment of noticing the fruit, counting the fruit and and noticing sometimes if it's moldy or rotten mm. um, from each of those categories as a way to pivot. Uh, so many of us live the same life year after year and call it good and I think that's really sad. Mm. I think that is stagnancy and death. And I don't want to be the same person today, five years from now. I don't want to have all the same beliefs. I hope that I'm evolving. I think that my relationship with Jesus continues to do that Mm. in me. And so this is one way that we, we this is a tool that we utilize to kind of check on that Mm. and get more practical and tangible with it. So we ask ourselves these questions. And for example, the friendship fruit. I love this one. Yeah. It's where Eric and I can sit down and both talk about friends that we have as a couple and then friends that are more individual to each of us. And it's where I can say, you know, I love your friendship with Jason because I see that after you spend time with him, you are an even more present husband and Mm. father. I love that that friendship um, brings out some parts of you that are that are your best and that are your healthiest and we can kind of affirm each other in our friendships and we can say things like you know we've been spending time with this person for a while but i've noticed that whenever we hang out with them it turns into a gossip fest Mm. is that really what we want for our life yeah okay it's not so we can try to change that or we could slowly you know pull some time away from yeah pull some time away and pursue some different friendships Mm -hmm. and so you know, that's one category. Yeah. But it's such a fun, it's honestly just a really fun way to con- to converse mm. and to reflect as a couple. Yeah. I think that if you're listening, you want to do it and you're a couple, you should go away for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Go away from the weekend. All about go that. through all your stuff and, and do that. There is so much more um, in this book, even about that. I loved it because you go in and even talk about the ways that you take care of your, of your soul and some things to help you with that, which I am such a good belief uh such a big believer in all the things you listen about reading and resting and reflecting and all those things so six um, r's yeah the six r's amanda thank you so much for sharing your story i would love to hear what you're reading these days jamie wants to know jamie wants to know we want to know what you're reading I'm currently reading Start With Hello by Shannon Martin. So I love that. Uh, I know she's on the show. She was just on on Wednesday. I love it. Yeah. Her books are so good. And she's actually from the town or lives in the town that I was born. Goshen. Like what a small world. That's so yes. crazy. And now you're in L.A. I don't think we even said I'm that. In L.A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So Big Start changes. With Hello. Good book. Such a good book. Great author. Yeah. She's wonderful. I love Shannon so I learned much. a lot about following Jesus from her. Me too. And I I wish that we had three hours because I had so many things I want to talk to you about. But I think this is super helpful. There's not many times that um, I get to have these conversations with people who have um, made mistakes like we all have. Um, And it's no surprise that some mistakes have bigger consequences than others. Um, And who are on the other side and who get to talk about the beauty that God has done, um, the grace that he's put on you and the way that your marriage is thriving. So, well, I really appreciate it. And I I should have said this earlier, but I I really wanted this book to be something that, you know, I think we hear about infidelity from usually the perspective of a Christian woman who has unfortunately been hurt by her husband doing that. And the reality is there's I'm not just the only one. And so there's a lot more uh, on both ends. And for some reason, we put more shame on women. Mm. And so I hope to kind of dismantle that and just be to go first so that we can break that stereotype and we can talk about it. So thank you for letting me engage in a conversation where we could talk about it openly. You mean tell you my two hopes? I would love that. I hope for two women. I'm thinking about the woman who is like, she is justifying and she is saying it's not that big of a deal and I can, can't control this. It's, nothing's going to happen. I just pray that like God uses your words and the Holy Spirit kind of shows her maybe what needs to change so that she doesn't step into the fire. And then I really like it's just reading your book. I could almost start crying. I just really felt that darkness that you felt in between. It's turned 
cutting things off and then telling Eric. Yeah. And I just know that so many women, whether it's infidelity or it's an eating disorder or it is tax fraud or whatever it might be, there's that darkness um, because there's something that needs to come into the light. And so yeah. I'm just praying for that woman too that's listening going, I need to go. I need to tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. You know what? Will you pray for people listening to the show? Yeah, I would love to. Okay. Thanks for asking. God, thank you so much for this conversation and this opportunity to spend time with Jamie and to reach so many listeners. You know exactly what each person needs right now and the voids that they're trying so desperately to fill in their life through unhealthy habits. And I just pray that they would feel your grace overwhelm them, that you would replace the shame that they feel with that grace and that they would come forward and step into the light and that on the other side there would be freedom and hope and healing and rocios surrounding them the way that you provided that for me we thank you and we praise you amen you know i've done it like three times in the whole show that i've been doing this i've asked someone to pray because i just i'm like i just feel that there are people who are listening so thank you amanda thank you Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you came to Austin. You guys get this book, Soul Care, Soul Care to Save Your Life. And I didn't tell you this yet. I'm a big book cover person, and this cover's amazing. Thank you. I love this book cover. Thank you. We've all raved about it in the office, so oh, great so job. Sweet. Amanda, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Ashley Miner, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.